Welcome in to another exciting episode of the Picune Football Preview Podcast is what we'll call this one tonight. I'm Clay Sweet. I'm the voice of the Picune Maroon Tide with the Talking Ball Y'all Media Group. And to my left tonight is Ricky Whitaker. He's uh, normally on my right in the press box as we called Picune Action a year ago. We'll have that pleasure again this year so first of all slick welcome in hey man thanks for having me hard to believe we're what two weeks away now man bring on some high school football i'm ready absolutely cannot wait and then across on the dials tonight as usual jeff lasset trying to keep us straight and keep this thing in line the best that he can so we always appreciate jeff's help and uh, being the co-founder of the Talking Ball Y'all Media Group. Let's get right into it, Ricky Whitaker. The way that we will start is actually a look back. What a special year a year ago was for Picune Maroon Tide football. Able to post a perfect 15-0 record. Able to defend and go back-to-back on the 5A level. Back-to-back state champion so let's just start there it's like what a special run a year ago was what a senior class clay that that's coming back to lead this group this year i mean when you think about as you mentioned undefeated last year 29 and 1 is a class 14 and 0 in district play um back-to-back state titles i mean you you can't leave more of a legacy like that i think they've already kind of established themselves as maybe being one of the greatest classes ever yeah how can you argue at that perfect record we actually talked about it a lot in the off season, not on the record, but off. And um, the back to pack's going to set you apart. And then the icing kind of on the cake to go perfect 15 and 0. When you look at what this, what lies ahead for this group, uh, Slick, you'll run into the 2023 year with a long winning streak. You and I don't normally put a number um, to that. That's kind of a little grigory. We don't want to uh, put on a winning streak, but. Let's get into the way that this schedule will lay out. And then on this episode, you'll hear us talk in this segment about the schedule. In the second segment, you'll hear us talk about the offensive side for the Picune Maroon Tide. The third segment will be defense and special teams. And then the fourth will just kind of give you a look ahead of what all that uh, we're excited to cover for Picune this year. So in this first segment, we wanted to cover the schedule, some of the changes that have come along in the reclassification. So let's get right to it. Uh, Slick, the opener, August 25th, up on the road in the Jackson area against a big, bad Brandon club. I mean, what a, what a way to start out the season, Clay. And, and Picune historically – They've never shied away from trying to bring on big-time opponents uh, to try to get ready for that district play. But, man, I think this year takes the cake. And, and just this this division alone that they're going to be facing, uh, a team like Brandon, you know, we're – and I think you have to cut Diabraville out of this. They were in a little bit of a rebuild year. I think that they're going to come back and be a, a great team. But 44-8 and eight is going to be this non-conference schedule from last year that Picune's going to face, Clay. And, I mean, these are deep playoff runs – so, yeah, it all starts with Brandon, and, and you know, I think, again, for our program, we kind of look at Brandon, and there's some things that we would like to be able to to uh, emulate from them, and I think they look at us as well for some things, but, you know, their ability to just develop players, and, you know, not just to college, but successful college athletes, and then transition over into the NFL um, says a lot about their program, and, you know, now they're looking at us, uh, because, unfortunately, they don't have a state championship under their belt, so... They're definitely going to want to get that back-to-back 
trips uh, have resulted in, in losses. So I think they look at Picayune for that. So I think it, it sets the tone really for just yeah, two teams that have a lot to play for and a lot of motivation that comes from the other one. Yeah, that's exactly right. We'll get a chance to visit with Coach Sam Williams, the leader for that brand and program, uh, next week on our preview episode. And so it'll be fun to visit with him. When you look at week two, really when you look at the front end of the schedule, you just talked about it, but it's a broadcaster's dream. Like we just cannot wait to get to call uh, these ball games that second week against a storied program out of the state of Louisiana, something we really don't get to see. I guess there's some Salmon uh, matchups back in the past for Picune, but Catholic from Baton Rouge, when you look at story programs in that state, they're on a very short list. They're going to be near the top. Um, the Iverville, interesting, like you said, um, we're in a little bit of a rebuilding stage a year ago, but they've kind of got a mark on their name, if you will, for this roster because they're one of the few teams that's beaten Picune uh, with some of these returning groups. Gulfport with Coach Pinnock there. We can look for that to be a really good matchup. Gulfport was a good team a year ago. I'm excited to see what he does there at Gulfport. And then that's followed by Ocean Springs, the school that he just left. Ocean Springs, a really good team from a year ago. They lose their quarterback to go over to Alabama, but we saw a ninth grader in Whitehead in the ninth grade championship against Picune. He was a great young signal caller for the Greyhound. So that's kind of how it lays out before the bye, before you get in to district play. And, boy, is that a mouthful. Some great, worthy opponents to get things going. No, no doubt about that, Clay. You mentioned, you know, Ocean Springs. Uh, Brandon, they'll be ranked uh, within the top, you know, three or four, uh, five in the state by, by most polls. So two quality teams there. And then, you know, Gulfport's going to sneak into that top ten. That's another team to, to watch out for. Yeah, I truly believe that Gulfport team is going to be uh, really well coached. And we saw what Coach Pennock was able to do over at Ocean Springs. His regular season and his two years there at Ocean Springs, his regular season records were phenomenal. So he'll look to build that. And we know that Gulfport's going to have a lot of horses to play with. Let's get into the district uh, schedule now, Slick. I'll let you kind of go uh, through that district schedule and what you expect out of this new district on the 6A level for Picayune. It's it's definitely going to be uh, competitive, Clay. So we've added in Hancock, a team that we used to play a good bit. We've added in Pascagoula. That's going to be another team to watch. And we kept George County, Long Beach, and West Harrison. So Van Cleve is now going to be in another division with, um, I believe they'll be with Gaucher. I think West Jones is in there too. So we, we lost a couple uh, but we also added a couple, in it, and we'll also keep uh, Long Beach and West Harrison. And when you look at Hancock, that's actually a buddy of mine. I believe that's Jeff and I's first guest on the podcast over five years ago. That's Coach Neil Lawler uh, there. I said we were his lucky charm, Jeff. I believe that's the year that they went to the second or third round of the playoffs is the year that we had Coach Lawler as our our first guest on the podcast. He's got a special place for us. He's a buddy of mine. So I look forward to the, them. They're dropping down from what has traditionally been 6A, the biggest classification. They're actually staying in 6A, if you will, with um, now that there are seven classifications. So it's all a, a bit different now with the uh, seven A's in Mississippi. But district-wise, Slick, I don't think the coaches can say this. You certainly don't want the players to say this, but 
Picayune, when you look at this district, the odds on favored. But that's not always the way that things play out. So Picayune will have to buckle up, get ready after that bye week, and get ready for district play. Yeah, definitely. You know, none of those teams that we mentioned are, are going to come in and just give Picayune anything. So they're, they're going to have to fight for it and earn it. But I think the Picayune would be probably the, the, the favorite in our, in our division early on. And then you look on the other side, the teams that we'll probably face early on in the playoffs, Forest Hill, Hattiesburg, Jim Hill, Pro River Central, Terry, West Jones. So, um, you know, this, this new alignment was kind of odd, right? You always have the situations where people stay the same and then some people have big changes. So for us, it's, it's kind of, um, the, I guess, the end of one long error and maybe hopefully the start of a, of a new one with a new team. But no West Point this year, Clay. They've stayed in 5A. So a couple of teams that we've you know heard of and familiar with, maybe not as much down here, but as broadcasters, we, we look at these schools too. South Panola is now going to be uh, one of those teams. They, they stayed behind while the rest of the pack moved up. Warren Central, Neshoba Central down the road. I mean, these are all teams that are just, in some cases, nationally ranked teams. So it's, it's going to be some new competition uh, for Picayune. And, uh, boy, what, somebody's going to have their hands full with, with West Point. We've seen those teams – a uh, very good program there, but wow, it's just it, it's going to be interesting, man, to to maybe see some new teams down the road. Yeah, Warren Central, a team to uh, you mentioned there, a team to keep your eye out on. I think they're going to bring back a lot, and they'll be uh, a tough out, if you will. If if it's always fun for us to kind of look up to the north when you're when you're considering yourself to be a, a playoff type team, we certainly consider Picayune to be that. It's fun to kind of keep an eye out up north, see who's doing. What and you gave some great contenders there, some uh, spots that people can keep their eyes on. If you have anything else on the upcoming schedule or on the look back, slick anything else we wanted to cover in that segment? No, um, I think I maybe left out uh, George County is the other uh, opponent that we'll have in our district, and I think that's a pretty interesting nugget too. Um, we know how great their quarterback was. Deuce Knight got to see him come in as a freshman. Of course, we had the situation last year where he didn't bring a full staff due to an illness. And um, But, man, I th- thought he was one of the better quarterbacks in the state last year, and he's he's transferred Porter Clay. So that's also impacting not just uh, college, but it's even trickling down into high school. Yeah, transfer portal, as you mentioned there. As He's going to be a junior. He's going to uh, play as a junior and uh, transferred up to, I believe, Lipscomb up in our – uh, Nashville area in Tennessee, interestingly enough, uh, the kid from Gaucher that had really good numbers against us in the two ball games, the Alfred kid, I believe he's going to be a junior as well. He's transferred out of Gaucher. So we see two of the top prospects on the Mississippi Gulf Coast have both left uh, their high schools and transferred. And it brings up an interesting point uh, before we move on and, and get to offense it, it really, at some point this summer, seeing the movement made me sit back and look and following this Picune program and being in the Picune community, how fortunate with some of the big names. You look at Dodell a year ago, you look at Waller um, this year, Davis, D- Darrell Smith, Nike Ratcliffe. The, the list gets are pretty lengthy um, here and, and what it is. Mitchell Smith, nobody's left. The the program was in uh, great shape. The program uh, is producing winners. The program's getting enough attention where you don't have to go anywhere in this day and age. And so you can bet, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, or I guess it doesn't even have to behind the scenes. 
anymore, but the program in, in great shape and we're able to keep all these talented kids together. So I think as a Picune listener or a Picune person, you may want to keep that in perspective and kind of count your blessings that this whole group has been able to stay together. No doubt about that, Clay. We, we've been a very cohesive group and, you know, this this run that Picune's had, this uh, exposure for, you know, at a national level by colleges coming in has added this program. It's It's a lot more than just wins and losses and trophies and things like that those 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 have been great too but they've opened the door for the 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 future and I I talked to some people this week whose kids play uh peewee football and they talked about how many kids that came out uh the junior high program's fruitful right now we got a good a little bit of a a glimpse of the ninth grade team like a pretty pretty fair amount of kids out on that team too so uh, what's happening? When the more you can come together, now that we're starting to feed in the uh, the, the future of our, our program, and well, that's a, a great thing to see. Absolutely, everybody wants to be and likes to be associated with a winner. We'll take a break. When we return, we'll dive into the offensive side of the football for the Picayune Maroon Tide. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. Since 2017, Cruz Law Firm has provided a variety of legal services to their clients in South Mississippi. Their team will work hard for you to get the results that you need. You'll always be given the utmost respect and your case will be treated with the priority that it deserves. Cruz Law Firm works with the security title and is a member of the American Land Title Association. They have two locations to serve you at 1016 6th Avenue in Picayune and 300 Highway 11 Suite 4 in Poplarville, or you can give them a call at 769-242-2500. All right, Slick, we're back, and we are ready to jump on the offensive side of things for the Picune Maroon Tide. Picune with an outstanding offense. That kind of goes without saying when you go 15-0, and 0, when you send a kid out west to Oregon, um, in Dominique Dadell, and he had some guys along uh, the way that were playmakers. You look at Conti, the big plays that he was able to make. You look at Darnell Smith in that offense, what he brought to that fullback position. Man, was he uh, just something else, a guy that you could uh, bank on, not only paving the way, but you look at back-to-back state title games uh, where he had tremendous ball games. So, Let's look at the offense. Peyton Wells somewhere just cringed. Peyton Wells and Thibodeau uh, block engaged Thibodeau on one side of the line. So let's look at the offense that was a year ago. Um, some pieces that, of course, uh, Picune lost to uh, graduation and then how those holes will be filled. Let's start uh, with some of the stats, some of the numbers that offense was able to put up a year ago. Yeah, Clay, just, I mean, their their rushes alone as a unit, uh, almost 5,000. The guy that's out at Oregon that you mentioned, uh, Dante, had about half of that. So 
What uh, did I call him Flex, didn't I? Right. On the opening, did I say, uh, what did I call Dadell in the opening there? I may have messed you him up. You may have said Flex, but yeah. I, he'll, he'll like that. <laughs> so you look at that, Slick. You said nearly 5,000 or over 5,000 uh, rushing yards. Uh, Dante with over two grand in himself. Just a big bruising back that could also – we saw, you know, when we talked – um, last year, I always thought it was the question with Dante. I always kind of picked on him, like, can you walk away from people? And what did he have? Uh, two ninety-eight yard yep. uh, touchdown runs. He answered that question, didn't he? Uh, I'm, I'm grinning just thinking about the year he had with all the expectations, all the hype, all the haters with questions. You could, you could have even maybe I don't I, nowhere near a hater, but I had questions. And he answered them all, didn't he, in flying colors. Yeah. When you picture a senior year, that's what you wanted uh, Dante to do. And he, he answered in flying colors. Yeah, I mean, and he added different elements to his game. Uh, you mentioned we were, we were able to see his breakaway speed. Um, just, you know, vision got was a lot better to his senior year. I mean, he was able to find the holes. And just that, that big body, Clay, I mean, he was able to really wear down um, most defenses. I mean, he's he breaks tackles out of defensive linemen, runs over linebackers, and if you're in the secondary, it was just it, it, probably best for you to just get out of the way, right? Yeah, so, so he was that guy. He really was. The guys that uh, paved the way opened those holes for him. I think you have to start with the fullback, Darnell Smith, and the year, year that he had, the career that he had at Pickham. What a good player Darnell was. He was amazing, Clay, and you know he was shifty enough to to be able to break runs, and we saw him break some long runs in some big situations. But him being able to know the offense so well, I mean, he he didn't make many mistakes, you know. And, and in an offense that pick you and runs, the fullback is very important, and you got to be able to trust that guy, right? Because he could get your running back killed if he steps the wrong way. So that's going to be a, a a tremendous you know shoes that someone's going to have to put on uh, to play that fullback role. We've seen Conti working there, and uh, we've even seen Tristan come in and, and work in some of that position. And um, making Burnett, uh, he ran some of the fullback position uh, in the JV game uh, during the spring. So he may even could work into there. But that, that whoever has that role full-time, Clay, it's going to be very important to this offense. Yeah, the guys you mentioned there, Jeremiah Conte, the brother of Josiah Conte. What about Conte losing him in that wide receiver core and on the back end defense we'll get to beat uh, defense in the next segment but think about the plays he made particularly before half some big touchdown catches off the arm of Brady Robertson just dropping it in uh, to Josiah Conte before halves a little bell out play where Brady scrambles around there's nobody there really that's that's almost a loss and then Brady picks his head up just in enough time to see Josiah Conte kind of camped out on that sideline. I believe that was the the West Jones ball game and the big plays that he made. He made some big plays last year to Josiah Conte, who's now up at Pearl River Community College, as is Darnell Smith, the young man we just talked about. Yeah, Clay, he was a he was a playmaker, and and, and you got to mix in Ty Warren in there too. Um, those two guys were three quarters of Brady's offensive production, so. That's that's two seniors that uh, we're definitely going to miss. And you mentioned just their their big play opportunities. Um, we know that you know Conti did it on both sides of the ball, but uh, his offensive uh, contributions were were huge. And we know ties up at uh, is it Alcorn, Alcorn State, yep. Alcorn State. So yep. um, one of those guys that came in and 
was a huge contributor. Yeah, he really was, man. And to just watch him blossom and, and see the year that he had was a lot of fun. We talked about the offensive line. Uh, you lose a whole side, uh, Rick, and you lose two guys that played a ton of snaps and Peyton Wells and, and Gage Thibodeau. Talk about how it, how important it is to be able to, to fill those gaps in this run-heavy offense. It, it's it, it's the bread and butter and backbone of this team, Clay. And, and any time you have – Two linemen that were uh, as good as those young men that you mentioned knew what to do, uh, knew how to execute it. Uh, you all, you're always going to have some growing pains early on, and and you know we may see a little bit of that, but um, kind of comes with the uh, the territory, right? Kids graduate, and you got to fill holes, but we got to make sure that that we shore those positions up. Yeah, people across the state going to feel sorry for Picayune when they roll out Mitchell Smith to fill one of those gaps, right? And when I'm looking at him, he's 6'3", 300 pounds on the roster. He's already holds um, some Power 5 offers, does Mitchell Smith, just a sophomore. What kind of player does he have the potential to be and the difference maker that he could be on this offense? Well, Clay, he, he had some playing time last year as a freshman. Um, as you mentioned, his his size and his strength alone, um, he got some snaps in. But he's going to be a, a big part of this offensive line. And I thought in the spring game his footwork was really impressive to me. To be a big guy like he is, uh, he had very athletic feet. And, and man, he, he's got long arms, long reach. Um, he's looked pretty good. I think they've been really pleased with him. So he's going to be a, a big, important part. Donnell Lewis, a kid that I believe now holds an offer from Pearl River Community College. He'll be a senior. He's six foot three thirty. So this is going to be a big uh, line in spots for Picayune, a spot that is not going to be big, but he is a playmaker. He's been great for Picayune over at the guard position, and that's Quentin Haynes. We can't talk enough about uh, what Quentin brings to this club as far as leadership and his um, I almost said playmaking ability, but his athleticism at the guard spot. Talk about Quentin's play a year ago and what will be expected out of Mr. Quentin Haynes there for the Picayune Maroon Tide. Yeah, his play a year ago, Clay, and really throughout his career has been pretty phenomenal, and, and it shows you the type of offensive lineman that Picayune needs uh, for this offense, guys that can pull out and move really quick, super athletic, and he, and he finishes his block, Clay. He's blocking all the way to the whistle, you definitely want that, and I think expectations for him this year, he's got to be the leader of that offensive group. Uh, I think it's going to fall to him, so he's got to make sure those guys are lined up and uh, I think really taking on more of a leadership role to that line, it's going to be a, a key thing for him this year. When you look at a young man who I thought was a question mark coming into the year, and by the end we barely mentioned him because he was playing such uh, good football. He, uh, to me, a quarter, uh, a center is kind of like an umpire. The less you talk about them, the better the job they're probably doing in a football game, and that was uh, Mr. Brennan Williams. I thought he grew a ton. He'll be a junior this year. He played a bunch of snaps as a sophomore last year. He was vital at that center position. I thought he handled it well, and I thought he got better from game one to game 15. He he improved, Clay, every week, and it was nice to see him uh, grow into the role that, that he did last year. So he'll be one that will come back, and, and he'll do great. I think that, you know, anytime you got a full year of tape, really at any position, but especially on the offensive line, you can analyze so many different things. And, uh, you know, your hands, your footwork, um, 
you know, uh, there's so many different factors. And being able to learn from last year, I think that he's going to be um, two or three steps even above what he did last year this year. And when you look at some guys on this roster, you'll have some ninth graders from a year ago that competed for their title game, uh, came up a bit short, but that was a really good ninth grade team a year ago. And so you'll have some depth being added with this sophomore uh, class, but then you also have some depth from other spots along this roster to help fill in on that offensive line if need be. Yeah, and I think Kanan Uzel is one of those kids that, that comes to mind um, he's worked in some at the center position, uh, worked in some at the guard. Um, coaches have nothing but great things to say about him, hard-working kid. So he's definitely going to be one that could factor in on that O-line. And that helps because you just never know. And and really, as an offensive line coach, I think Coach Edwards uh, and certainly uh, Cody Stogner, the head coach as a former offensive line, can appreciate this. You almost have to bank on being a little banged up throughout the year with the, what you expect out of those guys in the trenches. So you've got to have some guys that can play multiple spots probably uh, to be able to pinch hit and uh, platoon in on that offensive line. I think Picune will have have that. I don't know that they will have that um, super early on. That will be a, a time will tell. The film will tell on, on what this offensive line. But we were asking some of these same questions a year ago, and they were certainly – answered in the right way let's look at the quarterback position and then we'll look around some other spots offensively but the way that you would summarize and not for a grade but the way that you thought that Brady Robertson played a year ago his first full year as a starter what did you think he gave picking from that quarterback position a year ago I think he, he brought a lot of the position Clay he's uh he's a big guy he can get out and block uh, which is a, you know, a big role for the picking quarterback and his delivery, I mean, he, he made a lot of great throws. He made throws under pressure when he needed to. Um, I think the highlight of his career thus far was that Gauthier game where he kind of just improvised, rolls out, and sends one of his primary targets on the year, Mr. Conti, who we've already talked about, pick up that first down. I mean, just incredible uh, play to watch. So I think stepping into year two as a, a – you know, having a whole year under your belt, um, you know, I think that he's probably going to want to be a little more efficient with his passes. I think he was somewhere around 47% uh, completion rating. Um, but, you know, he'll he'll want to make more of his throws, and, and he may be asked to do that a little bit more. You know, we saw last year uh, Van Cleve's a game that sticks out. There may be some others that I'm, I'm not thinking of right off the bat, but where we got him into a rhythm throw in a little bit early, and uh, I think that always helps, especially in a run-heavy offense, you know, let the quarterback get involved a little bit early. So we'll see if they – let him do that more, maybe even give him a little more freedom with some check downs and stuff. But um, I think he's poised to have a, a great year. Yeah, we've worked together long enough that the Van Cleve before the half, that two-minute type drill, he had three or four completions right in a row that were a really good quarterback play from Brady. The thing that stands out uh, to me, if there was a play to be made, made before a half. You look at some big touchdown passes against Popperville in a pretty tight ball game right before the half, a touchdown thrown there. I mislabeled it earlier. I had it in the West Jones game, but you're exactly right. It was in that Gaucher game. If there was a big play to be made, Brady Robertson stepped up and made that play. And then a lasting image. There's so many of these when from that state championship ball game, but uh, you saw it on the uh, – 
on the Jumbotron. You've seen it a bunch of times on the replay, but Brady waxed a, a player. I believe it was a linebacker yep. that he cleared away for Dante uh, Dydell to have a touchdown run. So he checked a lot of those boxes. He'll continue to progress at that quarterback position a question will be who's he throwing the football to um this year let's get into that slick as good as he is he's going to have to have somebody on the other end of these passes yeah and we lost to you know his two primary weapons um that's big shoes that are going to have to be filled in the passing game because you've got to have a deep threat um you know it, with, with picking offense it just adds more elements to their running game so we've seen some guys work in. Um, Diodati is coming back from a year ago. They're their senior wide receiver. Um, we've seen you know a couple other guys kind of peak there um, in the, at that position. Um, who was the the youngest guy that stuck out to me in the spring game? Uh, Fort Berry kid Fort is going to yeah. be an asset, whether it be this year or down the road. Um, Fort Berry, a, a name that many know from the basketball court from Picayune. He he's a good football player. He'll add. Uh, something to that offense. We saw a young man in Brandon Parker. We call him Bam. He got to play a lot in late-game situations. He was an excellent kind of dummy running back for this team a year ago. We saw him take a lot of snaps. I've been seeing him sneak in on that wide receiving group. He's he's short. He's small in stature, but he has great hands. You have Ian Heron in that wide receiver uh, group. You have Ducker over in that group. And then you'll see what Picune did a year ago. You mentioned Conti uh, being able to get stolen from the safety position and come over and play. I think we'll see some of that this year. I think we'll see some of CJ and Christian James sneak on that side. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the tackling ninja himself and Mr. Tyson sneak over if need be and, and be back there. And so we'll see a lot of that. Um, we hadn't even got to the Swiss Army knife, the guy that you can kind of compare to Debo Samuel some. We'll, we'll throw him in here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Darrell out in route. And what a play. When you talk about memories from that West Point game, what about a, a catch and a run after the catch by Darrell Smith? So I'm sure Picking fans will want to see more of that. Yeah, he's a he's going to be a big part of this offense, Clay. And we know that Chris Davis is going to be that feature back, and um, he's he's going to be the one that's going to get the attention. But when you can add him uh, on the field at the same time, and then you know, depending on who comes in at that wide receiver spot, and we've seen Nike work in there, Clay, and he looks great at that position too. So you really can't sell out. So I think his opportunities are going to really improve. I think we could see him line up anywhere, Clay. He may play some wing back. He may be at slot. He may he may line up at tailback. He's going to move all over that offense. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. The guys that potentially could be running free uh, because of all these distractions we've already mentioned is the tight end position. Uh, you've got some guys to choose from there. We've seen some sets where Monte Waller, the five-star Florida commit, uh, strut, uh, comes over and struts uh, his stuff on the offensive side. And then a guy we saw play a lot a year ago, B.J. Ducrey. B.J. pulling a number change on us. He'll be number eight this year. He's a good-looking junior target and uh, good height, good speed. What kind of year you expect out of B.J. Ducrey? I think it's going to be a breakout year, Clay. He's he's one of the kids that I think is going to take a, a big step in this offense. Um, we talked about you know the, how the kids look from a year ago, and he was one that really stuck out. I mean, he's put on some mass last year. 
he was a little light. He can't do anything about that. Um, you know, but we but we knew what BJ could could become. I think this year we're going to see what BJ is, and uh, I think it's going to be great. I think he's going to be um, called on to to block a lot more um, by himself without having to have maybe a you know another tight end brought in or a bigger tight end. I think he's going to be able to do that. Uh, so you don't have to bring over our defensive guys. And I think he's going to be a threat in the passing game. So we talked about Brady Robertson, of course. Brady has an offer. I believe he's committed. I should know that. That's just a, a memory slip on my side to Pearl River Community College on the baseball side, a guy that he's used to sharing a field with. He'll get back and Kyler King. Kyler played football on that his sophomore year. He's going to be a senior. So he skipped last year. He's coming back. He looks great in the pads. I think he'll be able to help on both sides of the ball. No doubt, Clay. And, and he's, got the, he's got the experience already. Um, I think he's going to contribute uh, a lot on both sides of the football. Uh, probably going to come in and play that wing position. Um, I don't think he'll be the only one that will be there, but I think he'll play. That will be his role. And as you mentioned, he's – He's one of those kids, Clay, that may get a few offers for football now. I know he's a baseball kid, but I think that after the first few games of, of the year, uh, if he plays well, he's going to start getting – his life's going to get a little bit busier. Yeah, he's so smooth. You don't see it. He He's not one of these guys that you see the shift of gears. He just goes right into it. He's a, a beautiful kid to watch on the baseball diamond. You had the pleasure the year that you and Dave started uh, the Picune podcast to be able to see him uh, play football. I've been able to check him out and practice. Looks just what you would expect in the pad. So I'm excited to see what Kyler King uh, brings both offensively and defensively. After this break, we'll come back. We'll get into defense and special teams here for the Picune Maroon Tide football preview. One night to save our children, fighting the dangers of social media. Come here, Brian Montgomery, father of 16-year-old Walker Montgomery. After being targeted on social media, Walker took his own life. All this happened in a span of three hours in just one night. Our goal is to bring awareness of how quickly this can happen to your child and how frequently it happens across the country. We want to encourage families, educators, and leadership as you navigate these unique challenges. Join us at 6.30 p.m. in the main auditorium of First Baptist Church of Picayune, 401 Goodyear Boulevard, on Monday, August the 28th, Doors open at 6. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. All right, Slick, let's jump over somewhere you're familiar with as a former linebacker for the Picayune Maroons. Let's get on the defensive side of things. This defense was mighty stingy a year ago, and what a – man, just 
awesome to watch defensively. Really from game one to game 15, you look at maybe a bit of a hiccup from Mr. Irving and his group, but then the Lord blessed you with a chance of redemption, and this defense showed up in that second matchup. Let's talk defense, Slick, for a year ago, just outstanding. They they were amazing, Clay. Um, tackles for losses uh, were just off the charts. So, um, and a defense man, as you mentioned, I mean they, those linemen that they had, and I guess we'll start with with Big Zay was was in that mix. One of the seniors that's going to have to be replaced this year. Um, that D line was just ferocious, man. Um, they stayed at you. They were fast. Um, ran the football, and yeah, I mean, and it really started with that de- that defensive front. Zay was so good, man. I was so. Uh, glad that he was honored with some awards. I, uh, I'm glad that the votes went his way. I believe he was nominated as the District uh, Player of the Year or the D- District Defensive Player of the Year. I thought that was well-deserved. He's the kind of kid that if you're not careful, uh, he can fly under the radar um, because of the way that he carried himself. He was very, uh, really a stoic uh, kid, but a solid, solid leader in that locker room. And so uh, Zay Coleman now over at uh, Louisiana um, Lafayette, a really good football player. And I, I think you made a good note here that that he's a, a key loss on the backside of that defense. You're losing – when you look at it the way that you have it laid out here, you're losing a really good football player at every level. We started with Zay on the defensive line um, we'll go to the back end and Conti at that safety position. And I thought he was a kid that was really right where he needed to be. A lot of the times he was a heady player. He was a, a playmaker back there. And Josiah Conti's going to be a guy that shoes have to be, be filled there at the safety spot. Yeah, Clay, he was just his speed alone. Um, he could close really, really fast. Uh, just just knew the defense, knew, knew where to be. He was a leader out there. Um, that'll definitely be a – a big role to fill, and, and, and I look for uh, Darrell to fill that role uh, as, at that safety spot. So um, going to be uh, replacing it with a, a pretty good pretty good guy that's going to be coming in there for this year. And then we talked about that middle level. That's Nathan Hickman. Um, Nathan, a, a phenomenal golfer. They've moved away for that golf is going to take place in our state. It now becomes a fall sport instead of a spring sport. So we kind of lose Hickman uh, to golf there, and he was a good player, really good linebacker. He was a long snapper. When you'd step out to practice, you'd see him fill in as a backup quarterback at times. So he wore a bunch of hats, and that long snapper position, like we talked about uh, with umpires earlier, you don't miss a good long snapper until you see a ball somewhere it shouldn't be on a punt opportunity, and he was solid there. I thought one of Hickman's better games was in that state title game against West Point, and so he was a kid that I thought we saw get better every week. All three of those guys will certainly be missed, along with others that were probably missing um, defensively, but some spots to fill, and really when you have such a talented uh, group when you have guys that are chomping at the bit for s- snaps, sometimes uh, these type of losses really blossom into great opportunities uh, so for some other kids. So we can get in uh, to that. Slick. We'll talk about those losses and who will potentially fill those spots. So we'll start with Hickman's spot at linebacker. That's going to be a, a, a very key spot and a kid that we saw play a little bit. 
uh, last year that's really going to step into that role, I think. And, Clay, he looked great uh, in the spring game. And that's Logan Hall. It looked like he was getting where he needed to be because that's the most important thing. you got to know where you're going and know where you're supposed to be on every play and then moving, how you move to get there, and then finishing. And, and he answered all three of those things very well. Um, he's going to be a good one. And a kid that we thought was probably going to factor in uh, at some point uh, in, in the picking program um, has worked himself into a lot of playing time um, on that defensive line, and that's making Burnett. Um, he's going to be a huge factor uh, for Picking's defensive line. I think if they run 40 or 50, there's going to be a chance that he's one of those guys down there. Uh, he's worked hard. Um, he's a you know big kid, and he's he's got a great motor. Yeah, man, what a front four to try to break into when you look at uh, Monte, when you look at uh, big JB Dunk McWilliams, JB's first appearance and first mention on the podcast, one of my favorite guys inside of that locker room and tremendous footwork and hands to go along with it. He's garnered a bunch of junior college offers. If a Division One in our state would ask, I'd certainly give my recommendation. I think JB can play at that level. Then you look at Big Mike. Big Mike's a guy who came on strong the second half of the season. We call him Big Mike. Mike Smith, he's listed at 6'6", 260 on the roster. And then Tristan Cooper. Coop's one of my favorite guys uh, to love his energy. I think Tristan's going to have a a big, big year. I truly believe that, whether it be on this defensive line or uh, spelling and helping out at the fullback spot with Jeremiah uh, Conti, I think Tristan Cooper is poised to have a big year. You've already talked about making Burnett. That group right there, Slick, can really, really set the tone for a football game, can't they? They they can set the tone, and they have set the tone. Uh, a big, big part of what you're doing, you know, a good defensive lineman is better for everybody. It opens the door for your secondary to, to be able to break on the ball, uh, and they actually keep people off of getting to your linebacker. So um, they, they, they play a huge role in this game. And you mentioned Tristan. Tristan's going to move to that outside role. That's where JB was last year. JB's going to be moving down. So uh, we talked about, I know, several times that we love that position for JB. Um, I mean, you got a guy that's that size that can get in a three- or four-point stance, but – if we're playing pickup basketball, Clay, he's probably running point. Uh, he's that kind of an athlete. So I think the Division One offers are going to come. I think D-Tack was a great spot for him, and I think Tristan is going to do a great job on the outside. Yeah, and when you look at what you said inside of that, uh, Slick, that they do a good job creating some tackles for losses. They keep some folks off of your linebackers. Amarion Tyson, we get to talk about him now. The tackles that he's made, both his sophomore and junior years, they just the stats are unbelievable for what Amarion Tyson does there. He has such great instincts, and when he reads and reacts, he is as good as I've seen at any size, but much less in that 150-pound frame. I'd go on record as saying pound for pound, there's not a better football player on this roster or anyone uh, across the state, when you look at what he can bring on the field on Friday nights for his frame, what, five, six, five, seven, 150 pounds, he is a pleasure to watch, and he's a nightmare to prepare for. Clay, he, he is just in a class of his own. You know, he's led the state um, or been towards the top of the state in your tackles for loss categories. 
he was north of 160 tackles last year, and you said the word that describes him the best. He's got instincts. You you, you can't teach instincts. Um, you can teach a kid to play a position, but it just he seems to be where he needs to be two seconds before he's supposed to be there. Um, and we saw his breakaway speed. I think he could play even in more of like a strong safety position. Um, he and and what I love the most about Amarion for his size, Clay, is we've we've seen him stop guys that probably give up 40, 50, that he gives up 40 or 50 pounds to, maybe more, stop them in their tracks. He plays behind his pads, and uh, that's what makes him so lethal. But, man, he is a he is a weapon. He can cover so much ground. He checked on Nike Ratcliffe a couple of days ago at practice, and it was like, good gracious. I've got a, a son at my house who's 12 years old, weighs about 95 pounds, and that's about what I calculated uh, the weight difference between those two young men and uh, Nike and and Amarion running into each other was pretty fun to watch. That's two pretty good athletes getting a, a sharp in each other at practice. And when you look at what he brings to the game, Slick, something that stands out, and, and people knew that I'd camp out on Amarion a pretty good bit here, so our listeners aren't surprised. But I, th- I think about a moment that you and I shared with him um, – before the Gauche game, the rematch, and he he told both you and I standing there, he said, look, that was Thanksgiving week. That's a week that the kids are out of school. That's that that Friday game where they're out. And he was like, man, I've watched so much, and I know what they're going to do. He was like, I can visualize exactly what's about to play out, and that's exactly what we saw. But he's got that old soul, wise beyond his years, um, just a lot of fun to watch. And that position in particular when you look at DeMario Davis when you look at Sam Mills when you can get a dynamite Mike Singletary when you can get a dynamite player like that in middle of it all boy that's special it's special clay and and you can take you can start taking a few more chances uh, with some things that most teams can't because he 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 allows you to almost if you make a mistake he can kind of help you get out of it and his pass rushing is uh, something you got to mention in there too, Clay. A lot of those tackles for losses were sacks. His blitz timing and just the speed he has to get back there, boy, he's going to be a big part of it this year. Yeah, you hate to put any group, but he just don't miss. Like when he's sent, he's going to um, get there. Looking around defensively, a a wrinkle, and boy, oh boy, when I say a wrinkle, it's a big one. Darrell Smith, with what we've seen him, his athletic ability, <laughs> it's off the charts. Uh, had a huge sophomore year a year ago, and he's going to slide back there. Defensive going to have to figure out a way to manipulate, try to trick him, try to do something with Darrell Smith because he is going to be a lot of trouble in that defensive secondary for folks. Yeah, and you definitely want to make sure that you got both of your chin straps buckled hmm. um, really with a lot of people on this defense. But, um, yeah, Clay, his, his instincts and his athleticism, he he really – he's the – you know, he's going to be the, the really the all-purpose guy on offense, I think, this year in passing and, and some rushing and what he brings to the defensive side, too. He could play so many positions. It's hard to really figure out um, where you put him. I think in some cases, Clay, you'd be better off going in a room and just flipping a coin – because it's it's hard to know, right? But he, he brings so much to this team. He really does. And then when you look at potentially um, just maybe a thought, you don't know how this will work out, but if Quentin Haynes shows some of his athletic ability from the guard position on offense, if he slides over 
defensively. I just don't know, and look, this is a lot to say before a ball is snapped, but I just don't know where offenses are really going to operate against this defense because we haven't even got to the Division One corners that are going to go out and, and guard your plan A and plan B. And then you have Christian James. I think C.J. is poised to have a big year. And so that's Chris Davis, Nike Radcliffe. And when you throw C.J. Chris, Christian James, who has done a ton of work, him and Robert Williams, him and Nunu, have done a ton of work to really get themselves in a good spot to show out also defensively. Yeah, they, they're a huge part of it, Clay. And, you know, we, we love Chris and just how athletic he is. And I think Christian James is really going to be relied on a lot in that secondary this year because, you know, if, if Chris is going to be your feature back, it's going to be hard to run both sides of the ball, especially when you got teams that are throwing it a lot. It's not like they run it three times and you just kind of jog off the field and they punt, right? It's a little bit different. They're going to be moving. So Chris is going to be called on to do a lot. And, and I love to, you know, we, we said it a lot last year. I, I, you know, raved against Nike, just his size and um, the size of the position and speed too. I think he's going to be a lot more physical, probably up on the line of scrimmage. I, I, we saw a little bit of that in the spring. I love that look from him. And so proud of him to for getting these uh these these D one offers he's got now he's got one from Arkansas and I believe from UNLV so uh, you got two um, SEC caliber kids locking down your cornerback positions um, that gives you a whole lot of whole lot of advantages over people absolutely Nike Memphis is in love with him as well and so when you look at what you want to do defensively if somebody's going to try to throw the football you want to try to limit. Uh, their time, Waller and JB and that defensive group we've talked about do that. And then if they've got any time, <laughs> there's just not a lot of open space that you're throwing against this defensive secondary. Nunu Robert Williams, a guy, I think of him and Christian James as bringing some of that heart and soul that we saw a lot of McGill from last year um, and, and some of that leadership. They're pushing people at practice, so I've been excited to see that they're prepped and ready to have uh, big years as well. Defensively, we talked about it a lot last year, benefited from a good kick game, whether it be kickoff or punts. Chris Davis, I thought that was a kind of – you put him back there and you're thinking, well, he's an athlete. He did a good job punting the football. Morgan Kraft was incredible kicking the football, whether it be on kickoffs or PATs. And so – when you look at special teams and the way that they pair, me and you were on record uh, almost every game, if not every game, saying how complimentary they are. What does special teams look like for the Maroon Tide this year? Well, I think it's going to be one of the question marks probably early on. Um, Morgan Crafts is not going to be uh, playing early on in the season. And he wasn't just – it wasn't that he was automatic with his PATs because he was. Um, you know, you were guaranteed to get that extra point. But, Clay, that element of him being able to pin that defense back, I mean, he's an offensive player, but he was the best friend of the defensive guys because when you can start on your 20-yard uh, line and you're looking down to some of those guys you've already mentioned, that's really, really intimidating. And, I mean, you, you have a bad play, one bobble here or there, and you're looking at second and long, and you're backed up against your own goal line. Uh, that element is is probably not going to be there at the start of the season. And Jamal Simmons has been working hard. That's going to be the backup to Morgan. He looks great. Um, he's you know working on his extra points, but not many kids in high school can put it in the end zone. 
and Morgan was was doing that this year, and and we are going to miss that. Uh, I think that'll be a, a big thing to look at. And and Kanan Uzel, man that we've already mentioned, young man who stepped in at you know some offensive center and also at guard, he's going to take over those long snapping duties uh, that uh, Mr. Hickman had a year ago. So have a few changes there, but he gets a snap at to Chris Davis, and uh, that's probably the best part of the job. Yeah, Chris gets back there, and um, well, I'm not gonna put any grigory on getting one by him. We're not gonna say that, but you'd you'd have to do a lot to get it by by Davis. You make an interesting point when we line up. I think I named more than 11 guys. You can't even get them all on the field. I don't think at once with the defensive players. But when you're looking at ways to score, it's like a really good defense, a zone defense, or a man-to-man. In basketball, you always want to run against them because why would you ever want them to get set in their zone or be able to play man? And that's kind of the way I look at good defenses. Don't let them score on special teams because most coaches are going to review that film and say, hey, we need to sneak a, sneak a kick return in here or trick them. I think we'll see a lot of that um, this year. That you're In my mind, when you look at this defense, you're going to be tempted to trick them and – Coach Hayden and that defensive staff have done a good job of being on guard. We'll see how the special teams kind of plays out. That will be an interesting look because we'll find out early. Brandon's going to be well coached. Uh, They'll have the athletes to try to expose anything. That's what I love about Brandon and Catholic in those first two weeks. If there's anything that you need to be shown before you get into district play, you should get some early film on those we'll take one more break when we come back we'll put a bow on it we'll put uh, some kind of summary thoughts on what we have in store for you coverage wise and then also just some overall themes for the year 2023 picking maroon tide football if you're looking for a place for that much needed pregame meal a place to just take in the game or a place to have your postgame celebration visit champion sports bistro They are a family-oriented sports bistro located at 113 West Canal Street in downtown Picayune. With food and drink specials throughout the week, Champions is a great place to enjoy lunch or dinner. They are open Monday through Thursday, 11 to 10, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 1. Champions Sports Bistro is Picayune's bistro for Champions. The Labor and Delivery Unit at Highland Community Hospital is proud to welcome new babies and support growing families in our community. Our qualified, caring staff, along with state-of-the-art technology, make Highland Community Hospital a wonderful place to welcome your new baby. So call 601-358-9422 to schedule your appointment today or visit highlandch.com forward slash here for you. Making decisions on when and where to further your education is a big step in life. So let Pearl River Community College be the destination for you. Pearl River offers the first two years of any major and over 42 career and technical programs. They have three locations to better serve your educational needs. The Hancock Center at 454 Highway 90 Suite D in Waveland. The Forest County Center at 5448 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg and the main campus located at 101 Highway 11 North in Poplarville. Pearl River Community College. Roll, river, roll. We're back to put a bow on it and just kind of summarize and look at how special this will be for Ricky Glenn and I to get to cover Picayune Athletics again, particularly this football season. We'll have Darren Uzel back on the sidelines 
uh, with us. We'll have David Burnett helping us with the uh, Twitter account, posting those great live videos that he's able uh, to get and, and pitching in with some of our live broadcast along the way. When you look at it, Slick, as as we've gone through these segments, we've almost kind of nonchalantly mentioned um, some of the offers that that this group collectively have been able to garner. It was a cool moment over the summer during the uh, College World Series. I was split from my son. We were somewhere. He was somewhere different. And he sends me a screenshot of ESPN ticker. And it's got Monte Waller, five-star defensive end, has committed to Florida. That's kind of where we are, man. That's that's pretty neat for not only uh, Monte but the Picune uh, program. That was a pretty cool thing over the summer to have happen, along with all these other offers. But that kind of notoriety w- was a cool moment. Yeah, man, and, and man, what he's meant to that defensive front, and just really us being able to watch him progress and kind of say, man, he 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 may be the greatest of them all, right? Of a of a very talented class, but. Ranked as high as 16, Clay, on the ESPN's 300 list, joined by Chris Davis. He's also on that list. But um, just what he's, you know, the attention he's brought to the program, all the positives that come with it, right, that we talked about, exposure and all those different things. He's added all of that. And and uh, hard to believe, man, he looks maybe an inch or two taller and, and, and probably 15 to 20 pounds heavier and, and still looks great. But I'm like, man, he, this kid's actually still growing. So uh, love to love to see him, man. He's been chased, and watching him get chased along with a lot of these other athletes on this team, it's been fun, man, to watch. It really is pretty surreal there. Along with all the good and everything that we've talked about comes that big target, that big X on uh, your back. If you're the Tide, you're going to get everybody's best shot. I felt like that was the case last year. I think it even ticks up. A few. I mean, you've got to think Brandon and Coach Williams up at Brandon, the Bulldogs, uh, have plenty of bulletin board material. It's not anything that uh, the Picayune kids or coaching staff have really created, but uh, the way that social media is, the coverage that it, that is, there won't be a whole lot of lack of motivation uh, for the Bulldogs in that first week. The battle cry on the back of the jerseys, uh, Slick, you, you have this in your notes, Jobs not finished. That's what uh, has kind of been placed there. That's what they're rolling with. And what message is uh, that trying to be uh, put across to the team? What what does that message uh, mean when you see it, Slick? Man, I think it's real simple. I think it says, hey, we we, we ate last year. We better come back hungry to, to, to win and, and, and eat again this year. Um, they feel like they still you know want to go out with another state championship. I mean, that's the that's the goal here. We can say that. We know that's what it is. And, again, I don't think it changes anything with how we feel about this team already. But, boy, to be able to add that in, that would be pretty amazing. Um, pretty amazing for these kids. And, and the physicality, Clay, too, when they when these guys get in their, their live gear, they're getting after one another. They, they sure do seem like the job's not finished. I agree. The tone as a as a broadcaster or a spectator that you think these first two ball games uh, could potentially set against two very worthy opponents. How important do you think it is to get off to a, a good start on the road? They say, Brandon, I haven't experienced this, but they say that atmosphere is a really tough place to go play. It's supposed to be a beautiful uh, complex there. But how important do you think a good start will be, not only – in the game, but in these first two ball games for Picayune, 
I think it's going to be really important, Clay. I mean, you want to get off to a good start. I mean, I think that from our standpoint as broadcasters, I mean, we can talk about things like this, but, you know, you're talking about a potential national ranking uh, if you go 3-0 and to start the season. Now, these games don't matter. They're not going to – you know, this isn't going to automatically punch you a ticket to the big game. They know that too, but they do want to win these games. Um, you know, those are those are things that you just can't take away from a program ever that can accomplish, you know, feats like that. So I think they'll be very important games, and, and I, I think it's going to be important to, to really gauge them, though, kind of like we're talking about is like, hey, these, it's not going to be the end of the world because – we could we could go one and two, Clay. And if you go one and two in those in that that stretch, then what's the fans start saying? Hey, maybe these guys aren't as good as the team last year. So you got you got to keep focused on what it is and, and not let it get outside of that. I know that's kind of a simple statement, but I mean I think that's the re, the reality of it. You saw the back and Adele. He had some high carry games uh, a year ago. Um, but did a good job keeping him fresh for the playoff run. What do you kind of expect as far as balance? We've mentioned a bunch of guys. Really, it becomes kind of a thing on, hey, are we – and I know the coaching staff doesn't necessarily think like this, but you've got to uh, be able to kind of spread the wealth both offensively and defensively when you have a roster like this. So do you think it's more of the same from Picune with that uh, run-heavy – offense or do you think you see a little uh different balance how do you think this plays out slick yeah i I think there's definitely going to be some balance there um you know we are running football team that's that's what we do that's what we're built on so we're going to continue to do that but you know we mentioned the size uh, and ability for dante and what he had to be able to take a lick and chris is a strong kid back there too but but his body frame is built a little bit different so you know, do you want to bring him in and have him touch the ball amount the amount of times that Dante touched? And Dante didn't play both sides of the football. So, you know, he's one of our anchor cornerbacks. So how do you balance that out? Um, Nike's the other guy. Darrell's going to be on defense too. So balancing out those guys playing time, you know, there may be positions where they're needed more on offense and some other defensive guys uh, are going to have to step in. And I think that's where kids like Christian James is going to be called on to really, really play a factor there. When you look at it, if we were to – I'm going to use the term um, be selfish, be a little bit greedy on something from a perfect team a year ago that you'd like to see more of, a stat that you say, boy, if we just did this a bit better, um, it would help. What what would you kind of pinpoint there, Slick? Well, Clay, I mean, it, it's, it's even crazy to mention defense as much as we've gushed over – what's probably one of the, the better groups in the entire state, maybe even further than that. But this is a defense that didn't have the number of takeaways you would you would think they would have. Uh, a lot of tackles for losses. That's no knock on the defense, but I would I would believe that probably if I was a betting man that um, Coach Hayden is stressing to this team that we won't takeaways. Um, that that's going to get um, your your team off the field a whole lot quicker. Um, that that's what they want. Um, it's going to set the offense up. So being able to take the ball away, that's going to be a big thing. On the offensive side, I think that it's going to be really around the turnovers. Um, we laid the ball down 22 times last year. Um, we only lost nine of them, thankfully, but that that's just too much. But, you know, more INTs on the defense, fumble recoveries, things like that, um, that's going to be a big, a big, big improvement, I think, that Coach Hayden's going to want to see in that offense you know, exactly what, what we talked about there. And, 
you know, with this line to clay and you're, you're, you're going to have, you know, a little bit of growing pains. They'll look a lot better week two and three than they do in week one. Um, that's just the name of the game. But Dante was a bigger back, and, and you had to open up a little bit of a bigger hole for him to get through. I think that this, that this offensive line could potentially create more yardage than we've seen the last couple of years. I guess that would be kind of one of my bold predictions. But I think that that's a, a very true thing because that, that seam that Chris needs to slide through is going to be a lot smaller. So they're going to be a big part, but I think that takes some pressure off of them. I think it takes pressure off the offense as a whole if you've got the three guys we've mentioned, you know, Nike and and uh, Darrell and Chris all on the the field together. And then if BJ starts to blossom, it opens up the door to do a lot of different things. So that will, should take some pressure off the offensive line too, knowing, hey, we're not just selling out to the big guy that's going to Oregon. We're going to move everybody that way. Like they got to think a little bit more. So that is an added element that's going to be uh, definitely uh, important. But, you know, what kind of sets are we going to see? I, I I don't know from the offensive side. We Will we see Brady throw the ball a little bit more uh, this year just to take pressure off of the running game and the backs? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see that. Um, I think with Brady's size, even him being able to call his own number and some short yardage stuff, take those blows off of Chris, I think that would be a good thing to, to do too. And, um, well, I've seen Brady practice some roll out a little bit and um, – most of the passing plays that pick you and run are you, you, it's a two-step drop and you're getting rid of the ball. But he's looked pretty good rolling out. You know, he's got a great quick release. Left-handed quarterbacks uh, just throw a prettier ball, it seems like. But he's got all the weapons there to do that. And rolling out where he can see a little bit more because he's a tall kid, I think that opens up some windows uh, for him to potentially uh, have a pretty good year throwing the football. Should be a lot of fun, uh, Slick. To say we're excited would be an undersell and an understatement. We're excited about something else, too, Slick, the app, man. We've got a new app, the Picune Physical Therapy app, and it's got all of our broadcasts, both Picune, Popperville, and PRC. When we go live on Friday night, you'll be able to bounce in between or go in through all three of the ball games. It also lodges and hosts all of our past podcasts. You can find this podcast there. So if you've got friends, family members, please help us in spreading the word about the Talking Ball Y'all app. It's simple. You just search Talking Ball Y'all in the Apple Store. You can do it on Google as well. And so however uh, you would like to listen, you can find that app. So far, so good. Uh, Sam Landrum did a great job designing the app. It's worked uh, flawlessly so far. We hope that that trend continues because we're going to be talking a lot of ball uh, lately. Slick, I can't thank you enough, man. This is a blast um, to be able to talk ball and it be recorded with you. We've done this for so many years and so uh, much of our life. So to be able to get it to where the public can um, – get a glimpse into it Jeff you know how much I appreciate uh, you for all that you do behind the scenes and and the role that you play with our media group so please if you would download the app spread the app um, news around uh, town or whoever you associate with any final thoughts uh, Slick or we hit on all the bullet points didn't we man I yeah I think we've hit on all of them man and Maybe a few more um, after that, but no, I look forward to this season, man. It's a blast. I uh, love love being a part of it. Thanks for uh, letting me do it with you. And uh, man, it's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun season. It will be fun. Next week, 
Uh, early next week, we'll have an interview with Coach Webb at PRC, an interview with Jay Beach from Popperville. We'll have Cody Stogner uh, from Picayune on our main talking ball, y'all, if you will, uh, podcast feed. We also will get Coach Williams from Brandon. Um, Rick and I will dive more into that Brandon matchup as well next week. So we appreciate you listening. And as always, you're very much appreciated. And our sponsors, thank you to them as well.